You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. There's brain scans, there's MRIs, there's tons of academic research that has just exploded over the last 15 to 20 years on how intuition has really impacted people's lives. My guest today is named Sunil Godse, and he is here to talk to us about intuition. Welcome to the show. Excellent. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is uh, Sunil Godse. Um, I am the founder and creator of Intuitionology, uh, where I help people uh, stop making bad decisions um, and, frankly, wasting time doing that by getting them to sharpen this thing called intuition, which is something that we're all born with. Uh, and we strengthen over time. And uh, when you end up sharpening intuition, what ends up happening is every single decision you make is going to be the right one, no matter what situation you're in. Uh, and happy to dive into, um, you know, why, uh, wh- why I got onto this path. Uh, why do we ignore intuition? And, uh, you know, some of the outcomes that happen when you, when you do strengthen your intuition. Yeah, I'd love to start from the beginning and kind of hear what started this journey and led you to where you are today. Absolutely. So it really came up from my first book. Uh, so I wrote my first book called Fail Fast, Succeed Faster. And what I learned over the years is in, in, uh, as an entrepreneur myself and also as a management consultant is that when you learn from the mistakes that you make, frankly, and when you learn from the mistakes that others make and you don't repeat them, then you, sh- you, should, be su- you should be able to succeed faster. And so that was the premise of my first book. And one of the things I started to do when I speak on stages, spoke on stages uh, around the world on that book, was entrepreneurs just kept coming up and asking me, okay, what's the one thing that I can do that's going to make me succeed? And so at that time, I used to roll my eyes and say, well, you know, there's not really one thing that you can do. That's why I interviewed close to 300 people for the book and had 75 stories in the book. But when I went back to listen to the audio uh, recordings of my interviews, it was really, un- it was eerie that 80 to 90% of them were saying some form of, I, I should have trusted my gut. I went against my intuition. I knew what the right, right decision was. And everything really kind of centered around this thing called intuition. That's like, wow, you know, that's really interesting. So I looked back and said, okay, well, when did I trust my intuition? And I distinctly remember when I was five years old, there was these video games that my dad wanted, uh, that I wanted to buy. And my dad said, sorry, son, they're, they're too expensive. And I had this clear, distinct voice telling me that you need to go door to door to raise money. And so that's what I did. I had my little uh, two and a half year old uh, at the time, my brother. He was in tow and we went door to door and we raised $200. $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity. And it was, I just distinctly remember that when I went to think about when did I ignore my intuition, uh, three huge things leaped out at me. The first was my career. So I ended up as a South Asian person uh, and especially firstborn son. You follow the cultural or, or societal norms as a South Asian person. And there's four states as a career. You're either doctor, lawyer, engineer, or you're a failure. So I went to door number three. I did the engineer and I really didn't like it. I mean, the only part I liked about it was sort of managing crews, construction crews, really the management aspect of it. But it was a career I just didn't like. And two years into that three-year stint, I ended up becoming a private investor with a a Mexican restaurant chain chain that we brought up to Canada. And I was quickly making five times more in dividends than I was. And that was part-time, hands-off, rather than full-time as an engineer. And so in the third year, I uh, decided to quit engineering. I lost my relationship with my father, but 
that was a necessary sacrifice I needed to trust my intuition. And that's when I became an entrepreneur and uh, wholesale clothing, wholesale clothing, pop-up events, entertainment company, whole slew of different different, uh, entrepreneurial ventures that netted about $20 million in revenues and then moving on to management consulting. As a consultant, I remember having a huge contract in Silicon Valley. It was really, really big. And I got so emotionally enamored with it. But the contract terms kept changing. And my intuition was saying, I think it's time that you back off because this is a little odd. And I didn't listen to that signal, that something that was telling me to back off. And I spent every single penny went down to the States and they didn't pay me. And I came back to Canada with 25 cents in my bank account. And perhaps the most devastating of the, of, um, the incidents is when, was when I had a friend who was being stalked at the time. And she reached out to me to say, Sunil, listen, I need some advice. And right away. And so she said, let's do it this afternoon. And that something again was telling me, do it this afternoon. I had nothing planned. It was open. But for some reason, I ignored that something. And that ended up being a devastating decision because the very next day, instead of meeting her in two days, the very next day, that stalker walked up to her and shot and killed her. And so that's what happened when I ignored my intuition. I really had to ask myself, why? And I dug into the research and said, okay, I'm kind of engineer, art, science. If I'm going to write something for the masses, because I really need to find how to solve this for everyone. I need to find academic research. And lo and behold, there's brain scans, there's MRIs, there's tons of academic research that has just exploded over the last 15 to 20 years on how intuition has really impacted people's lives. And when, when I did the research, I really found that there were kind of four buckets of people that uh, this came down to. There were those that really kind of understood what intuition was. They operated uh, on it. They knew what these things, the something, these signals are, which we'll talk about. They just live life based on intuition. The next bucket were the ones that kind of needed proof. And that's where exa- the, having the uh, MRIs and brain scans and the actual academic research in my second book, Gut, came in. So it's just not my opinions, not just a bunch of case studies also of people who demonstrate a component of intuition. But now here's some actual research that's done that's uh, correlated. I can't say proven, but they've correlated intuition to some kind of outcome that I'm talking about. The third group of people are those that kind of talk about it and they think they know what intuition is all about, but they don't really fully grasp it. Um, And so these are the ones that just, you know, I I think it's there, but I'm not sure. And so what happens is, uh, and there's one particular incident where there's a friend of mine, um, he's now become a friend, and uh, he and I met after a speaking event of mine. And so he kind of talked about in intuition, mindset, positivity. And then when I kind of brought the science or how I characterize intuition for, with the four types and the signals and intuitive hurdles, it really kind of opened up to say, yeah, that really kind of makes sense. And he got a deeper understanding of it. And then uh, this poor gentleman contracted COVID-19 and he was in a New York hospital. And he found the effects of what intuition was it solidified what that exactly was. And so he was actually at a life or death moment trying to breathe. He actually wanted to die. And his intuition at that moment said, no, you're going to live. And it pulled him out. And now he fully realized now what intuition really was. And he changed how he uh, lived his life. Even though he talked about doing things, he talked about positive mindset. He's now living it. And that's the difference between theory and practice. And the last group of uh, people were the ones that just simply didn't believe it at all. And this was a pinnacle interview for my, my Intuitionology project. And it was one of the first ones I've ever had. So if there's anything to test the waters for 
what I'm trying to do with my intuitionology project. This was the interview. And so a friend of mine, John Rothschild, was president uh, and CEO and chairman of, of care operations at the time. And he, he said, look, you know, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't believe in this thing called intuition. I'll, I'll give you an hour. We'll talk five minutes on intuition. And the rest of the time, let's have a nice cappuccino or latte. We'll just catch up. So the cameras are on. And you can clearly see he was saying, he's saying, okay, you know, I wish I met these people who see omens. And because at that time in 2000, you know, uh, 14-ish, uh, it, it was, you were, were really, you know, 15, 14, 15 ish, we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, meditation, and it really came from the cosmos and intuition came from that, um, that sort of area. And that's okay, if, if people believe that that's where it comes from, there's nothing wrong with that, because it's it, our definitions are very individual. But for him, because that's what he thought it was, and he was an investment banker. So for him, data, 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 experience, 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 drives everything in his life. And what he didn't realize is one of the four types of intuition that all work together is called experiential intuition. Guess what it pulls from? Data and experience. So your intuition is informed by data and experience. He just didn't realize that. So we're going along and I'm educating him on sort of the different types of intuition. And then halfway in this one hour interview, so half an hour in, he starts telling me about a time where he went against the data and he's saying, perhaps it's intuition. So he's now warming up to the idea. And by the end of the interview, uh, he's fully getting it. His, his language is there. His body language is telling me he gets it. And so I said, okay, so when, was, when did intuition uh, help you make a crazy idea that people thought you were nuts? And that's the second of four, which is called creative intuition. It gives, gives you the decision-making part of it. And so this is where he said, oh, I can tell you that for sure. So this guy was probably making three, four million a year high-end restaurants, private jets, uh, limousines, and he traded it all off to run one tiny bankrupt little restaurant, all because of intuition. And so people were saying, oh, what are you doing? Right? That is so nuts. You can't do that. But he did. He quit, rolled up his sleeves, and he walked into that restaurant. That tiny bankrupt little restaurant was Eastside Mario's location number one. And that ended up being over a thousand locations over 20 years with acquisitions, $2 billion in revenues all because of an in, uh, intuition. And so that's what happens when you, when you trust your intuition. And it comes down to these things called intuitive signals. So, so the, I mentioned the four types of intuition. We talked about creative and experiential. The other two are, are situational and relational. Situational looks at you come into, and if you look into a room and you look, there's something off here. That's your intuition saying that something in the room is out of place. And a lot of, I, I, I always make this analogy to when, when my wife and I were looking for houses. As soon as we entered the door or even sometimes looked at the house, we got a feeling, no, this is not the one. And so that's that situational intuition at play. And then the fourth of the four is called relational intuition. And that's looking at people. So you and I are judging each other within a fraction of a second to see if we're believable. You're looking at me to see whether... I'm full of BS, or if I'm actually believable, uh, we're looking at body twitches. We're looking to the actions match the words. And it's always like a camera. It's always on. So you can trust someone quickly. And research says it takes only seven seconds to trust someone, but you're always, your intuition's always watching. So if someone becomes close to you and it, because you trust them initially and something changes in their life and their values detract from yours in a major way, then your intuition is going to send you warning signals that something's happened and then you've got to make a decision. So those are the four types of intuition. And what happens is they, when these four types of intuition come together and act in a split second, and research has shown 
when I looked at it, was seven to 10 seconds before you actually make a decision. Recent neuro, neuroscience research that is going to be coming out has shown that to be 23 seconds before you make. That's a long time before you actually take an action or decision. Your intuition speaks to you through things called intuitive signals. And we all have a basket of signals that are unique. And some are positive and some are negative. And so the common positive ones are, you know, a, a calm feeling, the dots connecting, a knowing, you know, or a pulling. And the negative ones are, you know, that gut feeling that some people uh, have. We could have a common one for bo- both, which is a voice. We just have to think about the tone of the voice that we're, that's coming through. And some really odd ones that I've had from the over a thousand people I've interviewed is seeing an orb or even feeling some kind of omen. It's just, there's something there. Uh, and a really odd one from an entrepreneur was his left earlobe getting hot every time he got into a bad venture. And so this is now we're getting to the complexity of how intuition really is. And that's how I go real deep into it. And so the goal of the Intuitionology Project is to educate people on not only the complexity to understand how it behaves, but to get them to recognize what their positive and negative signals are. Because when they take the time to find that out, the very next decision they make, there's going to be a signal attached to it. And so if you know it's a positive signal, clearly you take that decision. And if it's a negative signal, you don't take that decision. The other thing you have to be careful about is that sometimes we, uh, we, we come to say that gut feeling or that voice that se- seems to be common terms that a lot of people are speaking about. And let's just go with gut feeling. So let's say we all, th- we all wait till we sense that gut feeling. If you haven't taken the time to figure out you know, the, the positive and negative signals or the inventory of them, you don't know if that gut feeling is signal number one, which is great, or if it's signal number three which is not so great because if it's signal number three, that just means that you've ignored two signals already, which means you've made two bad decisions. Those two bad decisions could be a simple stub toe, or it could be that you're headed towards bankruptcy. So that's why it's really, really important to spend the time to really understand the complexity of intuition. And that's exactly what my Intuitionology project does. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about your latest book, yeah, absolutely. So, so gut is uh, is where you see a lot of the research. So, gut goes into uh, you know the four types of intuition. Um, it, it pairs up the research statistics that are there, um, both from the personal standpoint and how to do it in in the business or professional standpoint. Uh, and it looks at the four types. You you have an intuitive map, and you, there's also the four types where you are now, and the four types of where you want to where you want to be. And so everybody may want to be something different in life. Like artists want to be a lot more creative. Um, accountants want to be a little bit less creative, more analytical, because that's where their aspirations are. It doesn't mean that they don't, I'm not saying, I'm not painting all of them with a brush, but I'm just saying in general, there are lots of accountants and, uh, that, that are creative also. But in general, what, what makes them successful is very specific to them. And so this is where they need to map you know, where they are now, where they want to go. And each person's map is going to be very individualistic. So what my book does is really take a look at, um, okay, here's the intuitive component. Here's some research that uh, backs that up for most of the cases. Uh, Here's a case study of someone who exhibits that intuitive component. So you can see that component of intuition in action uh, from the lens of someone else. And that way it blends sort of the theoretical, conceptual, and practical all together to really give you a good concept. Uh, what that is. And that's actually, uh, there's a free ebook on my intuitionology.com website. So you can download that for free. 
And when you download that for free, it takes you to a seven-day challenge. And the seven-day challenge is also for free because the aim that I want to do is, okay, here's the components of intuition. It's great to know about what it is, but I actually want you to, to concentrate that and solve a problem in your life. Even before you, you pronounce my name or even figure out who I am behind the website, I don't care about that. What I want you to do is here's the ebook that's going to give you a basis. Here's a seven-step, seven-day challenge that takes you through a seven-step process of taking the intuition, the intuitive components, you identify a problem, you take your intuitive qualities, and in the seven days, not only do you solve that problem, but you actually measure the strength using a proprietary measuring system that I have at the start and the finish. And I've had over 50,000 people go through the, uh, the Intuition Energy Project right now. So it's 54,000. And 100% of the time, their intuition, their intuitive strength has gotten stronger. Their intuition has gotten stronger within those seven days. And I pair that with two case studies. And so the one is John Harris, who actually in the seven days was looking to sell his house. He went from almost taking a bid at minus $20,000, $20,000 under asking price to in the seventh day, agreeing on a $50,000 over asking price. So that seven days was a $70,000 decision for him. And the other uh, person who goes in is Ashley Michelle, who was actually victim of a homicide. Uh, her boyfriend had murdered someone in the apartment. She walked in, he closed the door, locked the doors behind her, put a knife to her back and said, she's next. Her intuition had her go calm. Uh, he choked her, uh, assaulted her, asked her to wipe the blood. And there was a moment that intuition saw that she can escape. She escaped, went down 18 flights of stairs, but she still suffered from PTSD, depression, and anxiety. So she used the seven days to say, okay, I have this. How do I cope with it? It's not going to remove it. But she was able to, in the seven days, find out not only how to cope with it a little bit better by going back to the gym, but also how to learn how to trust people a little bit more just by doing the seven-step challenge. It, you know, whether it's from you know, something where you're dealing with something emotional or, or you know, anxiety-focused, or if you're looking to simply make money, if these two people can, can solve a problem in seven days, uh, I'm sure you can solve anything in, anything in your life. And now you have a template uh, how to make every single decision forever. I mean, you, don't, you don't need anything else but that book and that template. Uh, and, but if you want to dive deeper into the, like this four intuitive hurdles, if you want to dive deeper into values, if you want to dive deeper into find out how to increase your, your strength in any one of these four quadrants, then you can come over to my membership site and, uh, and take a look at what I've got going there. What, uh, what benefits have you seen in your life on a personal level following this intuition guide, the steps and, and so forth? So the, the quality, of, first of all, the quality of my decisions have gone way up. I've gotten rid of worrying about what, I put, what other people think. The quality of my, the, the friends that I've gotten into around, surround myself and, and I can count them on one hand are just gone through the roof. I mean, these are people who are going to be with me through thick and thin. They are not yes people. They are people who will give me the constructive criticism when they want. And when I'm at the absolute lowest points in my life, uh, and I've had that a couple of times where, wow, I expected that person to come through and they didn't. Like these are the times we figure out where your true friends and family are. I don't have to worry about that now. Any decision I make or situation I get into, it's generally the right one. I'm still human. I'm still, I've got the emotions. So there's, uh, you know, more often uh, than not, for me, I'm making a lot more decisions that are the right ones, even though it may not be the, the most popular. But I'm living my life based on no regrets whatsoever. And the other beauty is that my two daughters, they're nine and 14 now, they've both been affected because they talk about it. I talk about intuition all the time at home. 
So as much as they roll their eyes every time I say that, you know, they both have gotten past bullying incidents. And if you look on the wall behind me, that's my 14-year-old daughter's art. So she started a nonprofit when she was 12, all based on intuition, to help those with disabilities and illnesses. Uh, because she saw some uh, some people in India without arms, and she instantly knew she wanted to do something for them. And I just said, well, as usual, trust your intuition. It's got to come from you. We can't put the words in your mouth or help you with this. You need to figure out what that is. And a year, uh, you know, six months after that, she got the intuitive moment, the intuitive hit. And we started the URL uh, for her heartification.com. We got a federal and corp as a nonprofit in Canada. And now she's over $20,000. And she started a podcast series. And so she's now about 30, uh, well, 30, uh, 29, as of yesterday, she released 29. She's probably got eight or nine in the bag, in the can now. She's doing some more interviews, uh, one tomorrow, on just how art can uh, make people express themselves, feel really, really good, because that's her passion. That's the purpose that she wants to do. So from me, on the personal front, not only has the quality of my life has just been immense, but what I've left for my daughters and the quality of life that they're going to have, if I assume my, my graph of where they're going to go based on the quality of the decisions is going to be much, much better because they're trusting their intuition. Well, we're kind of coming towards the end of the, of the show. Would you like to tell the listeners, remind them of your website, the name of your books? Um, if you'd like, you can plug your daughter's podcast as well. Just any, sure. anything that could help the listeners find you or you think would be useful. Absolutely. So the uh, intuition, uh, intuitionology.com is my website. I'm on all the socials, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm going to be on TikTok. I'm not going to do the dancing because if I do dancing, I won't have you people following me for sure. So I'm going to trust my intuition on that. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, I've got my the Intuitionology podcast series. Uh, I just released someone who got shot twice in her stomach because of, and her daughter was nine. I had uh, dialed 911. I had both of them on to talk about intuition. Uh, she knew something was going to happen. And um, uh, so I've had that. I've had uh, Larry DeLucas, who is in this spatial Columbia, all the way from my my uh, my friend who is in COVID-19. So these are the type of guests I have on my podcast series. My daughter's is heartification.com. Uh, and her podcast is, is called Heartification Podcast Series. So uh, uh, And the books are on sunilgatsi.com. You can find a link there. But I, I'd urge you just to go to get the free ebook. Download that. Go to the seven-day challenge because those are free. And now you have a template on how to trust your intuition. And that's all I want to do for, for everyone is to get that template first so that every decision they make is the right one. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing about your books, your program. I can hear the passion and, and man, I know that it, it sounds like something that could be really beneficial for anybody that's listening. So thank you again for coming on and sharing and, and making us aware of, of what you've created and how it can benefit us. No problem. Thank you very much for this opportunity to uh, talk to your listeners. And I really hope that uh, I'm able to increase the quality of their lives by getting them to trust their intuition. Sunil, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Guys, be sure to check out his website for the free ebook with the seven day challenge, as well as information about his other books. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. 
You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.